Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. I thank God for everybody in attendance. I love y'all. <coughs> I know y'all probably seen the Asbury um, revival. Yes. I think Shalette talked about that a little bit earlier. Yes. The prayers of many are beginning to manifest. Yes, sir. Right. Yes. Uh, they call this generation a lost generation, Generation Z. Called the lost generation because it's one of the most godless generations we've ever seen. Yeah. And yet this revival breaks out. Yes. Yet his revival. And for 220 plus hours, mm -hmm. more than 10 days, they've been praising the Lord. Yeah. And the thing that I like about Gen Z, y'all can sit down, it's fine. The thing I like about Gen Z is I work with them every day. <laughs> Almost every day. Zen Z ain't got no tact. Um, and they're going to shoot it straight with you. They're going to tell you what they're thinking. I get that every single day, Monday through Friday. Miss Trevor, or Trevor, they just, we ain't care about title. Trevor, you know, you all right. You know? Or they'll tell you that they don't like it. <laughs> but I'll tell you this before we get into the sermon. There was one day I was in class. There was a... Um, there were two girls that were talking about some spiritual things. And, excuse me, and they were wrong. I'm just keeping it in the book. They were really, really wrong. Like, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, I got to correct this. This boy has been a problem child in the class. Um, He'd been kicked out of school twice. Um, he was failing. You know, we sat together and, and thank the Lord he's passing now. At this time, he was still having behavior issues, but when he heard this egregious thing that people were saying about the Lord, he walked up to him and said, you wrong. You wrong. This is what the scriptures say. And I was like, he right. The whole time. So if that generation right there is at that revival, y'all better lay palm the circumstance. To decide is going to go away. They want the truth. And they are hungry for the truth. I say this is a warning. Shalette, I saw your text message. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, Lord, Lord. Be warned. The Lord is doing something. And if you get caught in pump and circumstance only, they're going to expose you. So they don't got no tact. So if you coming with your A game, you can call yourself a Christian in this generation. And this revival is breaking out. And you come to them with, with just praise the Lord's and, and I'm blessed to have the favor. And then that's it. Just the, just the stuff that we know it ain't going to work. They're going to call you out. And they ain't going to care how you feel. Because they're doing it unto the Lord. There is a shifting yet again that the Lord is doing on his own accord. What's beautiful about this, and I'm going to get into the message, but I just got to say no this bus. because I think no that bus. we need to hear this. Yes, sir. The Methodist preacher that stood up there rebuked every single form of distraction and every person that would try and take the attention of the revival and put it on themselves. He called, they called it the nameless revival. You know why? why? They don't want no big names. Come into the revival. Zero. Mm -hmm. Folk have offered. They said, don't come. Don't you even try to come here. Wow. We just want to come up here and say, no. They said, no. The only person getting praised today is Jesus. That's, right. That's the generation that we're going to have come up next. 
I love y'all. I love hearing people saying that. Don't get me wrong. But the, the, the restrictions that we've seen come out of the industry yeah. is yes, about to get beat up. Yeah. Because these kids don't play that. Folks coming up here for $10,000 to come and say two things and ain't got no scripture. Them days is done. It's coming. These kids are vehemently looking at the word. And it's our responsibility as Christians, if we gonna call ourselves Christians, to live as Christians, to know this word, to know it. And if we don't know it, they will Mark my words today. They will expose you to the fullest extent of the law. Just warning you right now. It's coming. It's coming. Amen. So, thank the Lord for Zaz. I read um, Genesis 12, 1 through 9. He did an excellent job. Yes, yes, yes. Excellent job. And um, we're going to go to, uh, I'm going to get a few verses out of Genesis 12. I'm going to do 4 through 9. And I'm going to do uh, Genesis 13, 14 through 18. Okay? If you want to stand, you can stand. If you don't, I understand we've been standing for a while, but it's okay. All right? When you get to Genesis um, chapter 12, verse 4, say amen. 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 The Lord is good. I couldn't hardly even breathe. Um, he opened me up, so he be faithful. Genesis 12, 4, it reads, So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people he had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the site of Shechem, at the tree of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your offspring. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved on to the hill country east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. He built an altar to Yahweh there, and he called on the name of Yahweh. Then Abram journeyed by stages to the Negev, or to the south. I want to talk to you today from this topic, in between. In between the call and the fulfillment. In between the call and the fulfillment. Father, I'm your vessel. You have your way. I pray, God, for everyone in the sound of my voice that they will hear what it is that you require them to hear today. Use me, Father. Tame my mind. I may speak the way that you desire. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will continue to give me every word, every interruption that you need. Please take it. I'm here as your servant. I thank you right now, God, for this time in your presence in the midst of your people. Keep us, Father, as we continue to go forward in Jesus' name. I did forget to read Genesis 13, 14 through 18, but I'll read it to you real quick. After Lot has separated from him, the Lord said to Abram, look from the place where you are. Look north and south, east and west, for I will give you and your offspring forever all the land that you see. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust of the earth, then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk around the land. Through its length and width, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and went to live near the oaks of Mamre and Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. Abram, who we affectionately now know as Abraham, we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, Abram, um, he lived um, in the city of Ur. It was in the oldest, one of the oldest civilizations that we know now, at least for uh, counting, when Egypt rose, there was also another one in Mesopotamia to the east called Sumer. Sumer, Ur was one of the main cities. Um, and there, we, uh, we understand that Abraham, Lot, 
um, Sarai, they followed his father named Terah, who, um, who was the patriarch of the family at that current time. And when they left, they went to Haran, and Terah died. It was after this that we hear the call of Abraham with one command to go in an act of obedience, immediate obedience from Abraham. He packed up their nomadic, um, their nomadic crew and migrated southward into the land of Shechem. Then God did something amazing. He appeared. Then say the Lord said, so he appeared before them, before Abraham. At this time, his name is Abram. Affirming Abraham as he now rests, as where he rests his feet, now all his descendants will be there. This is the land of your people. The land that you're stepping on right now is the land of all your children. And he told him to walk the length of the land, and everywhere that he walked, that, would be, that his children would be on that land. Amen? Amen? Here in Shechem, Abram built this, built his first altar as a memorial. And after a bit more travel, he set his tent in the hill country between Bethel and Ai. It was here that Abram did something not seen since the recorded bloodline of Seth. He called on the name of the Lord. Those words, the last time that they were saw, was in Genesis 4.26. We're in Genesis 12. That's thousands of years almost. Like, just to put it in perspective, this is Seth, one of Seth's own kids lived a thousand years. Uh, they know what that is about living 900 years. <laughs> so, this is thousands of years that we're talking about since we heard in Scripture that the name of the Lord was actually called out. It cried out from Abraham. This is an important distinction for us today as Christians. Are we calling out or calling on the name of the Lord? Are we actively engaging the commands of God with faithful obedience? But even after reading this account and this act of worship, it was strange to me. In Genesis 12, 8, he moved to the hill in between Bethel and Ai. Why in between and not one or the other? Why not just to Bethel or just to Ai? The significance of these two lands gives more, clear, gives more clarity to what God desires from Abraham then and also for us today. Ai, the land to the east, from its root means a heap of ruins. We see this fulfillment later in Lot's decision to go east in Genesis 13 after his herdsman dispute with Abraham's own herdsman. Lot chose the land of Ai towards the land of Zoar. He subsequently fell in the ruin. And Sodom and Gomorrah, to the east, also going towards Ai, was destroyed due to their wickedness. We also see this again when Ai pops up again in Joshua chapter 7. We also see the defeat of the Israelites because of Ai. All right? Due to the disobedience of sorry. Due to the disobedience of Achan and his family, how it almost ruined the Israelites, and also destroyed their confidence in that moment. But Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. Right. Right. And, and it required Abraham to continue to the west. In Jewish history, the tabernacle and subsequent Jerusalem temple faced east. Right. With God's presence in the Holy of Holies of the steps to the west. According to the Bible, the Israelites crossed the Jordan River westward okay into the promised land so it is more than just a place the in-between hill country represents a place of decision well sir okay okay as if god has placed you in an area asking you which will you choose my house or ruin We face this today. Are you in that decisive place? Mm -hmm. That place where you are at the, the proverbial fork in the road. Mm -hmm. I've been there. I'm there. Yeah. I know that's right, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. I am and many others are in between the call of God mm -hmm. and our own desires. Right. Abraham in this moment was still Abram. 
The covenantal promise of God came later in Genesis 15. What does this tell us? Though called, I just want you to let this sink in for a moment. Though called, he had not yet received the full promise in the hill country. You see, there is a lot of ground in between the call and the covenant fulfillment. Because many are called and few are chosen. The Lord Jesus spoke about this in Matthew 22. And it reads, once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables. This is on Matthew 22, 1, if you want to read on, I want to follow along. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent out his slaves to summon those invited to the banquet, but they didn't want to come. Again, he sent out other slaves and said, tell those who are invited, look, I prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been slaughtered and everybody is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went away. One of his own form, one, one to his own farm, another to his business, uh -huh. and the other seized his slaves and treated them outrageously right. and killed them. Right. The king was enraged, so he sent out his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned down their cities. Then he told his slaves, the banquet is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go to where the roads exit the city and invite everyone you find to the banquet. So those slaves went out on the roads and gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. The wedding banquet was filled with guests, but when the king came in to view the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for the wedding. So he said to him, friend, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are called and few are chosen. God calls and many refuse. The decision they made in between the invitation and a going determine what the king would supply. The one that refuses the call denies the power of God Goodness. and disqualifies themselves from the chosen position and the covenantal promise. Well, sir. Well, sir. And be warned, saints, myself included. Yeah. Don't be like my mans that showed up in pajamas right. to the king's son's wedding. All right. Arriving, but not present. Present, but cannot be found. Highly visible, but for all the wrong reasons. Jesus said, outer darkness is your reward for just showing up and not honoring Jesus. Lord, help us today. He was left speechless in his comfort pajamas before the regalia of the king and his son and was bound and thrown out. Charles Spurgeon put it like this. He came because he was invited, but he came only in appearance. The banquet was intended to honor the king's son, but this man meant nothing of a kind. He was willing to eat the good things set before him, but in his heart, there was no love either for the king or his well-beloved son. I want you to let that sink in. Have mercy on us. If we're doing something for the Lord, we got to do it for the Lord. That's what this is pretty much saying. Don't show up in your pajamas. <laughs> Please don't show up to, um, to worship the Lord in your pajamas. I'm talking about like figuratively, okay? If you're at home and the Lord is there, you praise him in what you got on, okay? But, but, but when it comes to what the Lord has called you to, you don't show up just because you got to show up. You show up because you want to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. Back to Abram. He was in a hill country above God's house in a heap of ruin. And he worshiped God, calling on his name. He had the call and future promise, but the covenant was not complete. So what can we do to better position ourselves to make application 
while we are in between the call and the fulfillment. Here are a few things on their three points. Number one, when you mess up, return to the altar. When you mess up, return to the altar. Okay? Abram wasn't perfect. As a matter of fact, he messed up a lot. Uh, A whole lot. (laughs) But he always returned to the altar. In the text, Abram, uh, Abram leaned on an ancient custom of claiming Sarah, or Sarai at this time, as his sister and not his wife. This old custom was adopted because if a more established suitor thought your wife attractive, he would kill the husband to widow the woman and take her into his household. But if you were to claim to be her brother, you could negotiate a fee. For the suitor and live. Okay? Even during this terrible decision, God not only kept Abraham, but he kept Sarah as well. As a fulfillment of the promise included her too. But Abraham did something correctly that we all struggle with. When he left Egypt, because all this stuff happened in Egypt, and and just map-wise, just picture a place up here, okay, for your own. This is... The, the, the hill country between Bethel and Ai, okay? He had to go down to the west, south, southwest, south-southwest, actually, across a desert into Egypt. So now he's going back up from Egypt, right back up to the hill country, in between Bethel and Ai. My God. There is a place for us, even when we have fallen short, where grace continues and love continues to call. And we would only turn back to the altar. We can burn up what we must on the altar and worship God. Not out of shame, but out of obedience and love. Just as Apostle Paul implored us in Romans 12, 1, saying, Therefore, brothers and sisters... Therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, I urge you to please present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to. This is your spiritual and to the properly and to properly reach the altar. And this is why I try to get your head in the map situation first. You have to go up. To God. You ain't going down to God. You had to go up. God chose Israel strategically for a reason. If you really look at Israel, Israel is a bunch of hills and mountains, deserts, and small plots of fertile land. If you really look at the terrain and how everything looks by the Mediterranean Sea. The terrain from Egypt to the hill country had an elevation that was more than 2,000 feet Above sea level. Let that sink in, okay? You're talking about going 2,000 feet in the air from, from, from here, okay? Like, like we probably like, like 100 and something feet above sea level, where we at right now, okay? Add an additional 1,900 to that into the sky. That was the mountain range that was in between Bethel and Ai. And this is where the Lord but what Abraham had to climb back up to to worship the Lord and come back to the altar. This is vigorous work and requires stamina and willingness. willingness. Making ourselves aware of our sins is not like going down the hill, being pushed by gravity. That's the natural feeling, a course of nature, actually. Gravity makes you fall. Amen? Amen. So you climb against your nature. And against the natural order of wickedness all around you, climb up towards the altar, repent and worship the Lord for the altar you once built in your heart. Repent. The one that you built in your heart, repent and call on the name of the Lord. Point two. Don't let desire be your only navigator. 
Don't let desire be your only navigator. Amen? Amen. So this is Genesis 13. Abram and Lot had a dispute. But Abram cared for Lot and allowed him to choose what land he wanted. At this moment, this is what get me with Lot, man. I get mad when I, I read about Lot. At this moment, Lot could have consulted the God Abraham has been worshiping. Amen. A quick question for clarity. Where was Lot when Abram was building altars? <laughs> you ever ask yourself that question? Where was Lot when Abraham was worshiping? Lot was right there. Well, when you go in the scriptures, what does it say? Abraham, Sarai, and Lot. So all these altars that's being built, guess who had to follow them? Lot. Right? This is a lesson. Mm. Even family. Have mercy on us, Lord. Even family will not see the destiny on your life. Lot was more concerned with his needs, his sheep, his people, his comfort. Genesis 13, 10 through 13 says, Lot looked up and saw the whole region of the Jordan. He noticed that all of it was well watered. This was before the Lord obliterated Sodom and Gomorrah. They had to put that aside in there. I like that. Uh, so before it got burnt up, it looked good. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, all the way to Zoar. Lot chose for himself the whole region of the Jordan and traveled toward the east. So the relatives separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan to the west. But Lot settled among the cities of the Jordan plain. And pitched his tent next to Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were extremely wicked. Rebel, well, sorry, were extremely wicked rebels against the Lord. It's messed up when they had to add an aside and then make sure you understood these folk were trifling. They had like three asides for Sodom and more like they were trifling. I.e., they was trifling. <laughs> Every single time they popped, I'm like, oh man, that's a hot trifling with these people. <laughs> Using his own eyes. And on desires, he chose the land of Zoar, which on my lot, and pitched his tent near Sodom. Knowing the meaning of Hebrew of, of ancient Near Eastern cities is vital for this story. Not only did he go eastward towards Ai, which means what? A heap of ruins, right? right. He went towards Zoar, further southeast, and settled near Sodom and Gomorrah. So lot, in his infinite wisdom, um, <laughs> Chose to go toward a heap of ruins. Then he chose to go toward Zoar. Mm -hmm. That means insignificance. insignificance? Mm -hmm. That's what it means. Okay. It's a shared word in the, in the ancient Near East in the um, background. It literally means little place mm -hmm. or insignificance. Okay. Sodom, which means burning, oh. and Gomorrah, which means ruins, too. So, like, left towards a heap of ruins in the land of insignificance and settled near burning heap of ruins. That's prophetic. Because that's exactly what happened. So Lot, I'll say it again, so Lot left towards a heap of ruins in the land of insignificance and settled near a burning heap of rubble or burning heap of ruins. The Lord was speaking via the names, but Lot chose desire over godly wisdom. Do not let your desire lead you towards insignificance and leave your life as a burning ruin. This description, this description put together sounds a lot like hell. Come on now. So simply, do not go towards hell. Go towards Canaan. The land of promise, which is a type of heaven. Amen? Amen. That's good, sir. And receive what the Lord has for you. And just as Abraham was separated from the noise of rebellion out of Lot's camp, the Lord affirms his promise again in the in-between. Mm -hmm. 
God became his navigator. Remember, Lot is his nephew who was supposed to, um, to take the airship of the family. Abram didn't have no kids. So the only other person that was going to take all the inheritance from him was Lot. I'm trying to process this now. The Lord was moving. All right. But in that moment of painful separation, God showed up again. In the hill country, in between God's promises and your desire. He tells Abraham, or Abram at this time, to look as far in every direction, like he, like he a GPS. <laughs> look around you, buddy. Look around. Everywhere you see, I'm giving it to your kids and your kids' kids, all of them. They will not be numbered. If a person can number the, the, the amount of ground, I mean, the amount of dust on the earth, that will be the amount of children that you have. Look up into the sky, Abraham. Look up into the sky. Oh, look up there. You see all those stars? Those stars are your children. Can you count them? No? That's fine. That's how many you're going to have. God became his navigator. He thought he had lost the air. Abram in his natural mind, you got to think about this now. Wife barren. Um, his brother and his, they, and his, and his sister-in-law having babies every day almost. If you go back and read the scripture, you go back and read about, um, about what's, her, what's her name? What's her name, baby? Um, uh, Mil Milka? Mil um, I don't know why I forgot her name. But um, Milka, um, like, but he had, he had, a, he had a, a brother and his sister-in-law just was, they just having kids. We're like, Lord, have mercy. And Sarah ain't had none. And he's sitting over here like, Lord, Lot, my only, only one, because he with me, so I'm going to have to give it to Lot. And now the Lord didn't separate Lot. So now Abram like, where in the world, how in the world, I'm going to be able to, to do the stuff that you quite, did you even told me I'm going to have innumerable children. And I don't see it yet. In between Bethel and Ai. But he still kept choosing Bethel. Amen? God's, and God's covenantal fulfillment was on the way. In the midst of this. Sometimes we have to learn how to be patient. I'm talking to myself. If I ain't talking to y'all, I'm talking to me. Lord knows I'm quite impatient in this particular season of life. And I'm like, Lord, help me. It's like, be patient. You don't see what I'm doing. You don't see what I'm moving out the way for you. You don't see what kingdoms are falling down for you to go where you need to go. You don't know what businesses need to be gone before you make your move. You don't know what has to happen in order for this fulfillment to happen. Wait. Choose Bethel. And wait on me. Amen? My last point. Let God alone change your status. Let God alone change your status. Abram still saved Lot and his family. And they still chose destruction. <laughs> they moved towards Sodom. There was water broke out. And uh, Lot was caught in the middle and was captured. And Abram mustered all his folk and saved Lot. And this is, I had to process this. This ain't, and this is this Holy Ghost now. So I ain't think about this. Even at that time, Lot was still, I mean, Abraham was still trying to get Lot to come back. Because that's the heir. The earthly heir. He said, come on, man. Lot and his wife, you know, start popping off. And, and Lot was like, yeah, yeah, what she said, man. We're we going to stay over here. So he chose to stay in Sodom. And Abram had to go back towards Bethel. Um, well, Hebron. Um, Hebron. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> but, um, but Abram has, um, has represented himself well in the midst of all this stuff. He's represented himself well even in the face of war between kings. Abraham still, know, well, Abraham then still known as Abram, the Hebrew. This is the first time we actually see the term Hebrew or Ivri. Can you say Ivri? Ivri, like Ivri. Ivri, can you say it? Ivri, right? So I'm going to throw this in there for folk that's engaging people that are Hebrew Israelites. Um, Ivory does not mean skin color. It don't even mean a race. It means an action. 
Uh, Ivri means those who cross over. Ain't that us? Ain't that us? Uh, this, this is Holy Ghost. I'm just going to go ahead and let him do his thing. Um, Abram crossed over a river to go up the land to get to where he was at. Lord have mercy. What happened to the um to the uh to the Israelites when they left Egypt? What they did? They had a Passover. One. And then what they did in the water? They went through. They crossed over the sea. Okay. I'm gonna throw you another one. Um, Joshua. When he put the, the priest in front with the Ark of the Covenant. What they did with the Jordan River, they crossed over. They crossed over the Jordan, yes. Okay. How about Jesus when he was uh, in that boat and they thought he was a ghost? What he was doing on the water? He was walking on, he was crossing over. Why we go on water when we get baptized? Passing over. Why was Jesus slain during Passover so we could cross over? Ivry means crossover. That was a foreigner term. It had nothing to do with his skin color. Nothing. That's a distinction that they had on him because they knew he was foreign. They said, "Now nah, he, he, that's, that's, that's Abram, the, 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 the Ivry. You know, he, he came over the water. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like I down yonder, you know. Homeboys from down yonder, such and such from down under, uh, in a sense, you know, for our language of the day. But I just wanted to, that, that, that was Holy Ghost. I, they ain't on here. But um, I hope that that helps somebody because yeah. I know some, they be pointing out some stuff that don't make sense and talking in circles yeah. that yeah, yeah. black folks are supposed to be ruling over everybody and that don't make no sense to me. Come on, um, you know, so right. they ain't the scripture. I ain't see that nowhere in the scripture. So just want to throw that at you if you ever engage one, like explain what Hebrew means. And they get stuck. Oh, it means we, we, we the race. No. Means you crossed over. You crossed over. Amen? That's good. All right. Now let me find my place again. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. All right, thank you, Lord. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Um, Abram's still uh, still known as Abraham. Uh, Abraham known as at this time as Abram the Hebrew at this point, refused to accept any, even a sliver of money from the king of Sodom. Because he wanted God to get all the honor. He didn't uh, want anyone to say, I made Abraham rich. Or I made Abram rich. We need to process this too. Abram was so wrapped in the call of God and a future promise that no one else's offer was sufficient. So many Christians today fall for the okie doke and allow the world to give them their new status. How many Christian artists, athletes, businessmen and women... Have we seen fall into ruin or are falling into ruin right now? When the world gives you a name or a place of status, it's a name that leads only to insignificance. But in Genesis 17, Abram receives his new name and status from the Lord. Abram means father is exalted. Okay. Av Ram in Hebrew. Av is father. Ram is exalted. Um, it could have been an affirmation to Terah as a high father. As children's names since long past and even today have been affirmations of the parents' beliefs. You know, it could have also meant that Abram himself was to be exalted as a father, but he had not yet fulfilled that duty. Noah had an heir in his house. So his name was somewhat contradictory, if you really think about it. In his particular status. It's either it's talking about Terah, saying that he's the exalted father, which some people name their kids after them when their name is in the name of a name to exalt their name. Right. Which was that wouldn't shock. That's why I was like, this that actually is a possibility in making his name. That his daddy wanted to claim glory by giving his son a name. And if not that, Abram being the father is exalted, is not a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hallelujah. It could have also meant, and I already got that. 
Uh, he even pointed this out in Genesis 15 too. But God took the name and the status of Abram and gave him an upgrade. He gave him the name Abraham. Abraham. That means father of a multitude. This new name not only um, no longer exalted man, but it exalted the covenant God was making with Abraham. His new status was not a selfish title, but one that pointed back to God's glory and goodness. Later in Genesis 17, beginning at verse 4, God said this, As for me, this is my covenant with you. Excuse me. You will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer will your name be Abram. Instead, your name will be Abraham because I, I want you to count these eyes real quick, okay? Because I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will descend from you. I will confirm my covenant as a perpetual covenant between me and you. It will extend to your descendants after you throughout their generations. I, I will be your God and the God of, a, of your descendants after you. I will give the whole land of Canaan, the land where you are now residing, to you and your descendants after you have, you are, to you and your descendants after you as a permanent possession, I will be their God. Seven times. God, God Almighty said, I. That's a covenant right there. I will do this. Nobody else, I swore by myself, I. I will do this for you. After this promise came to fulfillment, Genesis 21, the father of the multitudes and a noble lady. That was Sarah named me. Uh, Sarai meant um, prince, princess. Sarah means noble woman. God changed her name just enough to fit the promise. The father of the multitude of nations and the noble lady gave birth to the fulfillment of God's promise. No longer were they in between, but they arrived at the fulfillment. And when they birthed the promise, this is why names are so important when people name children. This is why it's so important to, to, to consider that thing. You know. And when they, when they birthed the promise, what was once laughter and disbelief became laughter Enjoy. When the Lord told Abram, Abram, Abram at the time, you gonna bear a son. Bro was in the 90s. He just chuckled. He was like, He's like, Lord, my wife is 90. Uh, or she in her 80s. He's like, my wife is well past the, the, the bearing age. Children, Lord, uh, I don't know about that. You know, so he laughed. And then they came to visit him and they, he cooked this mighty feast. And, and he said it again. But Sarah was like, you know, she at the tent door, and she's just listening. You know, she 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 ain't gonna go out there. She's listening, and and the man said, uh, "I mean, God said, uh, your wife Sarah will give birth to a son." And she starts chuckling, <laughs> like a man crazy. <laughs> this bro crazy. He said, "What me? I'm well past the age." You know, she like, and she said it in her mind. She laughed out. She laughed, but she was talking in her head like, "Bro, bro, where's bro?" And the Lord heard her and said, why are you laughing? That's right. You know, she got scared and said, I won't laugh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you got to read it in, in our, our tone, yeah, make right. it fun for you when we read the Bible. But Isaac means he laughed. Yeah. Or laughter. Yeah. yeah. Isaac means he laughed. Or laughter. They did laugh prior to the fulfillment, right? Yeah. They both laughed in disbelief. Right. Yeah. This bro crazy. Right. Um, this brother crazy. Um, I'm old. I mean, I probably, you know, old men can, yeah. you know, can, can have kids as long as they're alive. But women, you know, there's an age. There's a restriction. You know, so, but Abram was like looking at He's like, I don't know, man. That, that don't, this don't make no sense, Lord. But this is what you, I mean, I'm going to still go to Bethel. <laughs> but, 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 
you gonna do this with Sarah, you show. And that's why, and, and once again, this ain't on. That's why Sarah, you know, I mean, you gotta process this like a, just a regular human being. Like, right. That's why Sarah looked at Hagar and was like, yo, just, just, just take the girl. Just, 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 just do it. And they had Ishmael, Ishmael. And immediately after she had grief, go back and read the scriptures. She had grief because of this decision. She said, look, she ain't, I'm going to say this, please don't be mad at me, ladies. Um, but, but she said, look at what you did. <laughs> you did this, Abraham. Like, Abraham, you the one who told me. You know, you the one who said, go, go do it, and I did it. You know, I did what you told me to do. You know, that's, I flat out did it. You know, you, you was like, yo, take, take Hagar and go. And he like, whatever. You know, I, that we can work that out. You know, so he worked that out, and they had Ishmael. You know, so... But Hagar got a little stuck. You know, she's like, yeah, I got a baby. Buddy. And you're like, your sister's having babies. I'm having babies. And look at you. You ain't got nothing. You know what I'm saying? Just, 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 just you know, giving her some grief. You know, and Sarah is going to come to Abram. This your fault. You the one who did this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's your fault, sucker. You the one who did this. You shouldn't lay it with her. But you won't tell me. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, sometimes, listen, sometimes really, on it, like, really and honestly, when you read the scriptures, sometimes you have to make real, it real, real. for you because, because this stuff is, is happening in real time. So and you didn't likely see most of the stuff happening in your lifetime. So, so just that's just a, a, a point just from a teacher to people. When you read it, don't get bored with it. Read it in the, in the tone. You know, like get, get, get with what they try to say. But you know, Ishmael was, was not the son of promise. As a matter of fact, the Lord prophesied to Hagar and told her, this boy going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. He flat out was like, I'm, I'm just going to let you know, man, your boy going to be like a wild donkey. He ain't going to raise his hand against everybody that come against him. Man's is going to be a problem. Yeah. Just letting you know this off a rip. You know, he's going to be a problem for everybody. And flat out, we still have a problem with, with Ishmael kids. Right to, this, now, to this day. day. Wow. We still have a problem with, with Ishmael kids. Um, so just, just to... Yeah, this, the, the Muslims claim Ishmael, just to give you more perspective as a teacher. The Muslims claim Ishmael, we claim Isaac. That's the fork in the road for That's both sides. The they claim Ishmael as they descended in their line to, 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 to Abraham, because they claim Abraham is father too. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, so they say, we Ishmael kids. <laughs> and y'all, the kids we picked at. Let's go back and look at the scriptures. Go back and look at the scriptures. Who was picking at Isaac? Ishmael. Why they got kicked out the house? Because Ishmael was acting up. Because he was a problem. Right? And the Lord said, no, 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 no. He said, listen to your wife. Because she was like, no, nah, get rid of this woman and get rid of this kid. Get him out of my house. I don't want to see him no more. Get him out. And Abram was distressed. And the Lord said, no, nah, listen to what the lady said. Listen to what your wife said. Isaac is the son of promise. He's your laughter and grief. Ishmael just means I heard. This one said, I made you laugh. I gave you joy. So this promise that once they didn't see it, that gave them, they laughed at disbelief, like I said before, became a laughter and joy. Laughter at how good God is. It's laughing like Lord. Laughed at how stupid we were to doubt God. Laughed at the enemy's attempt to stop God's plan. Laughter as you say, as you see that surely I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Laughter. Because his plan was not evil, but good. And beyond what I could ever ask for or think. After your status has been changed by God and a promise made manifest, every time you look at the fruition of the promise, you should chuckle and say, look at God. Get us there, Lord. Get us there. Get me there. Get us there. Hold on to the call and walk on purpose. The Lord will make a way. He is our way maker. He is our 
miracle worker. He is a promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. He is God. He is Yahweh Echad. Echad means he's the only one. The only one. He stands alone. And he stands for you. May you be encouraged by this message and trust God. Don't stay at the in-between place. Choose God. And watch him make a way out of no way for you. Because if he has called you and you answered, you are his chosen. You are his chosen. God bless you. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, you, you did this, Lord. Yes, sir. You Good. did this, Lord. These are your people. You know every situation in this room. You know every desire that stands against your Bethel. You know where we are on the hill country. You know what decisions we have to make. You urge us to choose you. You do. You urge us to choose you. Every turn, choose me, please. Choose me. Help us, Lord. Help us to not allow our desire to be our navigator. Help us, Lord, that we won't fall prey to the same thing Eve did, the lust of the flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of life. I pray, God, that you will help us. Help us, Lord, as we walk this walk that you have placed us on from every different perspective and background, Lord. You reign. You reign. We love you, Lord. I pray for everybody on the sound of my voice that when it's time for them to make that decision, that they will choose you. That they will look at their desires and understand that they're not enough. They're actually too small and we're too easily satisfied. When there's so much that you can give us that will surpass the satisfaction that we desire from our own desire. Help us, Lord, when we get to that place and we try to fall back on our addictions. Help us, Lord, when we get to that place and we lean on old habits, old thoughts. I pray right now, God, that even the people that they try to attach themselves to in their pain, that you would show them a better way. That person is not their comfort. You are their comfort. You are the one who can give them everything that they need. Father, help us. Help us today. Yes, sir. Help us, Lord, because you called us. And those that are answering, Father, you chose. And we are your chosen. There's a purpose on our lives that glorifies your name. Help us, Lord, to, to see that purpose. Even the more, every gift, every ability, everything that's in this house. I pray against them sitting on their hands and arriving to the king's banquet in pajamas. I pray, God, that they would take that serious and dress accordingly and go to the banquet as they should. Ready to serve. Ready to do what you desire. Ready to celebrate your son. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Your presence is all we need. Help us to understand that, Lord. That there won't just be a saying, but there'll be something that we do. We're living epistles, Lord. We're books that everybody read without even saying a word. Help us to see that we're living epistles. Help us to see that people read us every day. Help us, Lord, to understand that we carry your name even when we're silent or when we're not, or when we're talking, Father. I pray, God, for us as your people to take you serious as you take all this serious. We don't want to end up in outer darkness. We don't want to go to the place of ruin, nor do we want to go to a place where we're insignificant. You do the work in this house, Father. And for everyone that will listen, you do the work. Holy Ghost. Touch everyone in this room. Give them wisdom. Give them the temperance that they need to persevere. 
Whatever trial they're going through right now, Father, we thank you. We thank you right now. Even the person that's going through it right now, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that they're going through. Because that means there's something that you're working out for them. That they cannot see yet. I pray, God, that you give them stamina. Give them strength, Lord. Give them what they need to survive the trial. Raise praise in their heart, Father. May their life be worshipped. It is acceptable for us to do these things, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Because you desire for that to happen. Yes. Lord, we love you. Mm-hmm. We thank you, Lord, for yes, your presence. Yes, yes, yes. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Please yes, stand. Yes. I pray the message has encouraged you. Yes, yes, yes. I told Brandy, I was like, this was one of the most personal sermons I had to write. The whole time, I almost had to write with one hand, because one hand was in the air. Just wait, just wait. I said, Lord, help me. Thank you. Just, Bob, I'm thankful for the Lord for giving me this opportunity. I'm thankful for the leadership in this house that, um, that stirs um, teaching and faithfulness to the scriptures and to each other. I love each and every one of you, and I want the best for you in the Lord. Um, I want the absolute best for you. Everything the Lord has provided for you, I want you to get it. So, and I know he has a destiny on y'all that y'all can't see yet. I think sometimes we get caught up in wanting to have it right now. We don't see we might be laying down for our children. And our children's children. You know. They sometimes we get a little selfish in the ask. We won't see it now. But we don't know how to till the ground. Till you know? the ground. And that may take years to get the land back right. You may not even see them when they go to harvest. But the work that you do. I'm gonna give y'all a quick testimony. I was telling my, my wife about this, you know, like my my I have a very strange family dynamic. Very, very strange family dynamic. Um, I found out probably like a month ago that my great-grandmother um, had passed away. I never met her. Um, unfortunately, also, I never met her. Beautiful lady. Um, she was 104 years old. Wow. I was like, Lord have mercy. We can live that long. <laughs> but but just, just beautiful um, testimony of her life. Stuff that my mama didn't know. Stuff that I didn't know. Um, none of my siblings knew. She was a praying woman. She was a singer. Matter of fact, they, they called them the, like the, the Bynums, because my family is the Bynums, which I didn't know. I have a, the wrong name. Um, but the Bynums, they were known in South Carolina to travel and sing, and it was her. And, uh, yeah, um, she had a, a bunch of kids, and I met one of them. <laughs> But um, when we were at the funeral, they were talking about her faithfulness to prayer and singing, even while she was in the, um, in the nursing home. They said they'll walk by, she'd still be humming to the Lord. And they said she always prayed for her grandchildren. And I thought to myself, well, this had to be Holy Ghost, because I was at the funeral. I was like, I, I, I didn't even have the courage to sit on the side of the family, because I had never met her. You know, so... And, but I was sitting back there, and they said that this woman always prayed for her grandbabies and her children. And while I was sitting there, Holy Ghost said, do you not understand the power of prayer? The power of prayer. She ain't never seen you. She was praying for me. That's right, the power of prayer. Let that sink in. The Lord knew. He knew where I was. He knew she didn't know. He's still under. You know, I just had to process that. I said, Lord, she didn't even get to see me preach. She never got to see me serve the Lord. But she was faithful in prayer, encouragement, you know, and I just want you to, to hear that as an encouragement that even if you don't see it, 
pray. Even if you don't see it. My grandmother never saw me. You have to, she never saw me. She didn't know I existed. Like literally, I mean, that's not her fault. Like I said, I have a very strange family dynamic. Okay, very, very strange family dynamic. You know, so she didn't know I was alive. She's praying. Love for grandmama. She's praying for her grandbabies. She never seen me. And the Lord came to me in 2002. Got saved in 2003. Been in the ministry since 2003. It's 20 years now. Praise the Lord. This year. She never saw me. Grandparents. Parents. Pray. If it ain't your kids, it might be your kids' kids. That save your family. You may not see it in front of you, yet pray. Make the ground right, grandparents. Pray for your children. Pray for your grandbabies. Prepare that ground. You don't know. The scripture said that we would stumble across fields that we had not yet planted, you know. Just wandering by, and there's a whole field that's right for the harvest, and it was your bloodline, and you ain't know. Abraham only had one son. He didn't get to see the other one. He didn't see Jacob Esau. He didn't. He only saw one boy. But he believed so hard that God accounted to him as righteousness. Grandparents, pray. Pray for your kids. Pray for your grandbabies. Pray. Even if you don't see it, pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. It's going to get a, a call to work, a call to salvation. Appeal for those that need salvation. Um, you're in the hill country. You're in the hill country, and the house of God is to the to the west. Ruin is to the east. Choose God today. Choose God today. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I know when God coming back. I know He can come back whenever He want to. You know. I just urge that if you have not, do. If you're backsliding and you slid down a hill towards AI, climb, climb on back up to the hill country. Climb against your nature. Hallelujah. Against your nature. Yes. Yeah, amen. Climb against your nature back to the hill country. Come yes. And come so on down right to the house of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus went to the cross yes. before people even knew. They ain't know. We're going to be sinning. <laughs> we're going to do what we want to do. And before that, we even knew we was going to do this. God, God sent his son. Sure enough. Yes, sir. For you. For me. And for me. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be saved today, give your life to Jesus. Repeat yes. after me. A simple, very simple prayer. Yes, Lord. Lord Jesus. I am a sinner, mm-hmm. and I cannot save myself. Right. But today, yes, sir. I acknowledge you as Lord. Yes, sir. I know that you died on yes, the cross, yes, that you rose from the dead, yes, sir. and that in your blood all sins are forgiven. So, Lord, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Lord save me. Yes, sir. Save me. Mm-hmm. I submit my will to you. Yes, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you said that simple prayer, welcome to the call. Amen. The call of Christ. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise 
at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world, on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.